You're listening to Meet the RIA. In this special podcast edition of the show, you'll get expert insight from some of the top registered investment advisors in the country. Here's your host, Jenna Dagenhart, and today's special guest, Mike Vogelzang, Chief Investment Officer at CapTrust. Joining us now on Meet the RIA is CapTrust Chief Investment Officer, Mike Vogelzang. Mike, CapTrust oversees more than $70 billion in assets under management and has seen tremendous growth in recent years. What do you attribute this to? You know, CapTrust is, is an unusual and quite, frankly, incredible company. Uh, we've, we've pursued two, two, two sort of forks in the, in the growth strategy. The first is organic growth. Uh, it shows the company is really vital and dynamic. We're growing in double digits in a, in a, in a market where it's difficult to grow at all. And, and our, our uh, organic growth, that is new clients uh, that, that join us, uh, has, been, has been very, very strong. Secondly, we couple that with a, a very thoughtful and careful um, acquisition strategy in the registered investment advisor space, uh, whether it's in our retirement business, institutional business, endowments and foundation, or of course in our, our critical wealth business. So we've had success in all, in all three, and uh, you know, with, with both of those platforms of growth working for us, it's been, a, it's been a remarkable journey for the last two or three years. And how does CapTrust distinguish itself within the industry? I mean, you said it yourself, you're, you're growing tremendously in an area that's sometimes hard to grow in right now. Yeah, I I, th- I think the I think the key there is sort of the the core of the center, right? The cultural uh, dynamics of this business and this company are really quite extraordinary. Um, you know, if a company is growing too quickly, if the commitment's not there, and if people aren't being treated well, uh, it can spin apart. Uh, and and right now. Uh, the, the culture in the company, and this has started from our, from our founder's vision, the fact that employee shareholders, employees own a, a majority controlling the stake of the firm. Uh, I think it's over 50% of our, of our employees are actual shareholders in the firm. That kind of, that kind of alignment with interests um, makes it work better. Um, and, and then simply keeping, providing, providing true and, and honest appreciation to, to our folks. Uh, our, our staff is incredible. People work in, incredibly hard. Um, and that's because we, we work really hard at making sure they're appreciated in a, in a very significant way, both through shareholder and, and stock appreciation, job creation. Look, this is a service business. There's no way around it. And, and there's no, there's, you know, we don't make widgets, right? So we have to keep uh, our raw material, uh, in, in essence, our people, um, really on the cutting edge of, of motivation, uh, education, investing in our folks. Um, it, it really is the cultural glue that drives this firm. And, and I think that's really what's held it together and helped it to grow and, and propel it further. And you have close to a uh, thousand employees now, is it? You know, I joined a couple of years ago and I think we were number just around 550 or something, 600. So the rate of growth is quite, quite impressive um, and it's exciting, it's dynamic. Uh, if, if you if you want to sit around and look at the look at the wallpaper all day, this is not the company for you to work for. It's this is you better keep up. It's a really really fast paced, uh, amazing strategy, um, and I think unique in the industry. Could you talk a little bit more about the makeup of CapTrust Investment Group and overall investment philosophy? Sure. So we have about a total of sixty people in our investment team. Our job is to provide uh, the views on the market uh, for our for our, our, our advisors. Uh, this is an advisor-centric firm, right? We're, we're not an investment shop. We are an advisor shop. We are, 
we are all about taking care of the clients really well with our advisors. And so our job in the investment team is to really make sure that our, our views and our objectives and things we're seeing in the marketplace are really articulated well and that our, our, our sort of outflow of information to the teams uh, is really, really powerful. Our communication tools, uh, how, we, how, we, how we make sure they're aware of what it is we're thinking. We try to anticipate things so that, so that we can clearly articulate where it is we're headed uh, in the markets. And, um, you know, so we have, we have teams that are focused on portfolio management. We have teams that are focused on, on due diligence and research. We have an alternatives team. Uh, and we have a communications team, not surprisingly. Uh, and so uh, all of those folks, and of course, we have a portfolio implementation and trading team as well. And so, you know, each of those folks is really critical in being able to, to deliver what it is we need to deliver to our colleagues in the, in the advisor for, force. To quickly follow up on that, what are you thinking right now? Could you share a little bit more about your outlook and views on the market for the remainder of the year? Sure, it's a really difficult challenge, honestly, right? We have, we have basically everything's expensive. And, and so you're, you're looking at bonds, which are almost an uninvestable asset class when you're yielding under 1% and on a lot of shorter term paper. Um, you know, you're, you're not certainly keeping up with inflation as we have this little spike in inflation. So bonds are a difficult thing to say, hey, we're going to get a negative real return for the next number of years. So, so that becomes really a challenge. Um, I, I think the alternative then, of course, in the U.S. is in the U.S. anyway, is the equity market. And so, we've we've recently trimmed our equity positions back a bit, uh, but we remain overweight to our strategic targets. That's all. That's been that way for a number of years. We we added to our equity positions at the end of 2000 or at the end of the at the end of the COVID crisis in March of 2020 and April of 2020. And so we've just taken a little bit of the winnings and the profits off of the table there more recently. But again, we, we remain overweight, We're very constructive on U.S. equities. We think that the underlying financial and fiscal and monetary environment is awesome, uh, terrific for equities. Uh, we're concerned about the valuations, and we know they're stretched. So uh, the alternative is, of course, you know, what else do you buy? And so, uh, you know, when we look at bonds, we're not terribly interested. So we're... we're, we're we're pursuing and look for a number of our clients that can handle additional risk. We're looking at alternatives and, and other types of, of vehicles that we can bring to them so that you know, we, can, we can stay ahead of the inflation game. Finally, Mike, what are you telling investors to focus on right now? It's different than what you might hear on a CNBC or a Bloomberg television, right? Um, they're so in the moment and, and sort of the, the uh, you know, what's happening with inflation today? What's the latest corporate earnings number? Uh, you know, what are we doing in, uh, on the jolts or the job openings, right? How, how is the great quit rate? All these things are, are important, but they're in the moment. Our objective and our focus is constantly on what's two, three, five years ahead of us. And, and so we look at things like American competitiveness. The worry is today that with the massive deficits that clearly are coming down the pike, that the American economy loses its competitiveness. We pay attention to demographics. America is a great story from a demographic perspective. You know, we, we fight a lot of the social changes and there's a lot of social disruption around, uh, around immigration, 
But yet, if you don't have it, you become Japan or you become Europe or potentially you become China, which has got its own demographic issues. So demographics are really important to long-term successful investing. And so we, we really pay a, a lot of attention to, I guess, longer-term issues, right? That we're, we're, we're paying attention to, um, you know, how well our regulatory environment encourages new business and entrepreneurism. That's what drives capital markets. That's what drives economic creativity and, and, and dynamism and innovation. And those are the things that really drive it. High tax rates do the opposite, right? So, uh, you know, we're, we're all for important social events uh, in, so, in social change. We understand all the issues that are, de that are developing socially, but um, we're, we're concerned as investors about what could happen if, 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 the, if the government takes too big a role. And so that, that's something we're watching carefully and we'll, we'll be paying attention to. But again, I think demographics are great. I know that's not things like valuation and which way are interest rates wiggling tomorrow, but uh, we think it's much more important for our clients and our long-term long -term well-being. Well, all the different tomorrows add up to the long-term view once you uh, right. zoom out a little bit, which is also very important. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Jenna. Thank you for tuning in to Meet the RIA. Be sure to visit AssetTV.com, your source for financial news and information, and to check out other additional episodes of Meet the RIA.